What's up, guys, and welcome back to Beyond the Void Horror Podcast. That's right, we're back. It's Thursday. Thursday! And it's like Thanksgiving stuff and stuff. That's like next week. This is like preemptive. Well, we're doing, well, it's next week, but for them, it's technically like the same day. It's still the week before. Is it? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, by the way, guys, we might be missing an episode. We'll still have one. But I'm just saying, like, we might miss an episode because it's a little confusing, like, of the holidays there. Oh, and we can't record Thursday for Thanksgiving. Yeah, so we have to, like... When are we... Oh, we gotta figure that out. We'll figure it out. But either way, today is a special episode where we're going to be doing our flesh and potatoes segment of... Joker's Wild. So we're going to be picking two movies. Now, we told you just this Monday what we were doing, and I think we even told you on Thursday. I'm trying to give people a heads up a little bit because a couple of people that listen, their schedules are a little bit different, so I'm trying to help people and try to be a little bit better prepared, which is always good anyway, so that I can, if I want to get a head start on it or you want to get a head start on it, we can't. Yeah, and we're trying to not be pieces of shit, <laughs> basically. But so we're going to be talking today about Funny Man and Slaughter, Slaughter High. So two quirky, funny films. Well, it's up in the air whether you think it's funny or not. Uh, some of the humor in this is uh, in either of these can be up for debate for sure. Um, but uh, why don't we go ahead and just kick this off with our flesh and potatoes, and we're going to do that right now. <laughs> Okay, guys, we're back. We're going to go ahead and kick it off with uh, Funny Man first. And uh, Brittany did all the uh, major research on this for the most part. The major, quote unquote. Well, there's not a lot. Major research. Yeah. Yeah. So let's take it on down to The Funny Man, (laughs) (laughs) which was released in October of 1994 when I was four whole years old. It was super awesome. Let me give you a very quick breakdown of the summary or plot or idea or whatever behind this film. When Max Taylor wins the ancestral home of Callum Chase in a game of poker, little does he realize that the game is far from over. One by one, Max's family are murdered by the funny man, a demonic jester with a varied and imaginative repertoire of homicidal techniques and an Irreverent sense of humor. Irreverent. That's a, that's rich. Right. <laughs> Meanwhile, 
Max's brother is on his way to the mansion with a bunch of hitchhikers who will be lucky to survive the nights. And boy, are they a ragtag group. They are a ragtag fucking group. It doesn't even have names. <laughs> only one of them is given a name. It the rest seems of them like, are yeah. No, only one is given an actual name. The rest are given fucking stupid fucking names. It's yeah, like, like Swiss, to describe their character. Psychic Commando. Uh, psychic Commando is one of them. Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely fucking ridiculous. But anyway, so this movie, like I said, was released um, in the UK in in, on October 7th of 1994. Um, it was directed and written by Simon Sprackling, who hasn't done a whole lot of anything. I believe this was actually his own feature, his only feature film. Yeah, it was like one of did. the first things he. Yeah, he's done a lot of like shorts and. It was actually he does a lot of behind the scenes footage for like documentary esque. Yeah, documentary style. stuff for like DVD extras. Right. So he did just examples of some shorts he did was Men in the Street and Breakfast with Sonny Wilkinson. Which everybody knows that. Oh, everybody! <laughs> if you don't know that, you're an asshole. <laughs> anyway, so this film stars. The fantastic Christopher Lee. Yeah. Who, if you don't know who he is, I pity your fucking soul. <laughs> um, but he plays Callum Chance. Call- Callum Chance. Yeah. Jesus. Callum. 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 Callum uh, Chance. Yeah, it sounds about right. Callum Chance. That works for me. Anyways, he's most widely known for his roles, and I'm just going to give you a couple of them. He's in the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Right. Um, he's in Sleepy Hollow. He was in a metric fuck ton of the Star Wars films. Um, he was a voice in Corpse Bride, a voice in Alice in Wonderland, and he was also in Dark Shadows. So obviously him and Johnny Depp are very tight, or not Johnny Depp, but him and Tim Burton are very tight. Probably Johnny Depp too, who fucking knows. Anyway. You named off some of the newer stuff. Newer, right. Yeah, he's been in like some of the biggest uh, horror movies of all time. Of course, obviously he was in The Mummy, mm-hmm. The Hounds of Baskerville. Two, the two faces of Dr. Jekyll. I mean, they just there's a fuck ton of lists. This man has like one of the largest catalogs. He's in over 280 freaking roles, uh, or at least uh, things that he's done. Horror Castle. He's, I mean, it's just, if I sat here for 10 hours and told you, Dr. Terror's House of Horrors. He was even in the original Avengers TV series. Yeah, he's been around for a really fucking long time. If you don't know who he is, like I said, I pity your fucking soul. Taste the blood of Dracula. Yeah, basically. (laughs) Scars of Dracula. I mean, Christopher Lee is Count Dracula, pretty much. Pretty much. He was in the movie Count Dracula. Anyway, continue. (laughs) Um, A lot of the people in this movie were more like TV film-esque stars. They didn't really do a whole lot of like big... Motion pictures. No, oh, he's definitely the biggest. He's the biggest star of this entire film by far. Um, but just a couple to name a few. I didn't get too in depth because there's again a lot of people, but not a lot of important people, pretty much. But this also starred Tim James, who played the funny man, um, who was also in Men in the Street, which was another short that was directed by Simon Sprackling. Sprackling. Um, he was also in another TV series called Chef and Mike Bassett, the manager. Um, This also starred Benny Young, who plays Max Taylor, who is um, a little bit more widely known. He's probably the most popular in comparison to Christopher Lee in this. Um, He was in Chariots of Fire, Out of Africa, Captive, and he was actually in two episodes of The Walking Dead. He's the guy that owns the house, or that wins the match. He inherits the house, right. He's the the record executive that inherits the house or wins it from the round of He totally seemed like the the second best actor in the whole movie. For sure. (laughs) By far. Um, this also stars Matthew Devitt, or DeVitt, 
um, as Johnny Taylor, who was in a series called Waking Ned Divine, um, The Honorable Rebel, Rebel, and Life and Crimes of William Palmer, which was a TV movie. Okay. Um, another like TV series type actor. Not it's crazy because when you look at him, you feel like you know him from a million different things, but he's not who you think he is. He's just one of those people. Um, and then there's another TV series actress who stars in this, who I wanted to point her out because I loved her, but it was Pauline Black who plays the Psychic Commando. Yeah, Psychic Commando. <laughs> psychic like, Commando is the, the name fuck? that they give her, but she's this like glorious fucking entity that you have, like she's a presence that you can't What you going down to do? Even though her... Mm, you try to go down do even though her accent is super fucking racist it's really bad and terrible <laughs> yeah it's really bad but she's this like it's probably better force. than i could do but yeah she's a force that you cannot fuck with but she's a she is a tv series actress this is the only like major film that she did i think she's written books actually. probably i'm, I'm sure pretty she's sure done a she lot has. with her like her her own shit but she was in tv series called shrinks hearts and minds and out of the blue okay and that's fine. We don't have a whole lot about this film because there's not a whole lot available on it. Um, but I did some digging. Can we like what? What did you think? Well, first of all, I want to mention that the movie was made on fifty thousand pounds. Right, which is crazy. That is pretty crazy. Like it's actually for the setting that they had it in, and like the whole. A lot of the scenes that they did. Well, yeah, I mean, when you when you take into account like when you see what the budget was for this film, and you look at like this crazy castle mansion that it was like filmed in, right? And then you look at these super. They definitely got some favors. Hellraiser esque like kill sequences that they do. <laughs> you're just like, what the fuck? Like, how <laughs> did you do this on that? They definitely they suck some dicks along the way to make this movie. I don't know, but it's it's absolutely incredible. I was super impressed. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought it's okay. So this is a movie that I really wanted to see, and I made Britney watch because, and I'm so glad you did. <laughs> yeah, I literally, it's it's not like it's my favorite movie, but it's just one of those weird movies that I just found one time and took a risk on and bought. It's excellent. And, and I was like, well, what the hell is this? So I'm just gonna get it. So I did, and I've I don't know. Every now and then I'll watch it, and I you know it's ridiculous. It's not exactly funny, though it tries very hard. It does. Um, it's more of like a what the fuck entertaining right you know please do not go into this movie thinking that you're going to get this super intellectual horror film out of it because you're not this is slapsticky ridiculous horror comedy probably close to at its finest like it's fucking but this is like uk british comedy sure horror i personally feel like it's got some decent death scenes no it absolutely does i feel like it's got some decent death scenes and it's got some really creative ideas thrown about uh the jokes often don't land pretty much at all no uh but it's just so damn out there that i kind of like have a hard time to stop watching it right (laughs) because it's like kind of like watching this is the way i the best way i could describe it it's like kind of like watching two drunk guys trip and fall over themselves in a fight right <laughs> only one of the guys is a crossover of bugs bunny the female bugs bunny sort of like trans uh lola vestite version you know how bugs bunny used to do the transvestite thing where he would dress up as a woman right the leprechaun and freddie 
Kruger maybe slathered with like a decent amount of practical gore. No, I absolutely, com- I completely agree. This is essentially the British Freddy Krueger. Like Funny it Man is kind of like it. A British Freddy Krueger. Like if you really, th- and I actually like wrote this down specifically. But like if you look at it, he warps his environment to kill people in these inventive ways while treating it like it's a joke. Right. So he literally is a British version of Freddy Krueger just disguised as a jester. Yeah. It's the weirdest fucking shit ever, but it's still fucking cool and kind of fresh and new and different. And I I don't know, like I I went into this just being like, this is just a fucking joke horror movie. Like I'm not going to like it, but I actually ended up fucking loving it. (laughs) Really? It was absolutely fucking ridiculous and over the top and fucking dumb but, but it's nothing you've ever seen but it's nothing i've ever seen exactly yeah. so i can't hate it and the kill scenes were cool right and they like snowballed like they started off very simplistic and then they increasingly got better over time okay and the the coolest thing that i noticed at least like what i wrote down for this is that this is almost a perfect definition of like death by irony Okay, yeah. Because almost every single character, every single person that dies in this film dies in a way that's related to their hobbies or their ultimate dreams. Right. You know, so it's really cool to kind of watch that and see how that progresses. It's almost like Wishmaster in a way. In a way. Like, it's, it's very interestingly done. And a, kind of fresh, a little bit different. Um, it, they've picked and borrowed from a lot of different pieces, but they've kind of made it their own way. Right. But I, I loved what they did with it. They, they, like I said, they took this whole like death by irony or ironic death kind of situation. And they, I mean, for, you've got this fucking character who looks exactly like Velma from fucking Scooby Doo. Yeah, that's And they so name weird. her Thelma Fudd. Yeah. Really. Elmer and Fudd. they don't address it at any point. But if you so listen there carefully, is, there is the fucking see. I didn't even know that because the Elmer Fudd and he, remember he's standing behind her exactly. And it's the Bugs Bunny the references thing. Yeah. are ridiculous, but you have to really pay attention. And like her name is Thelma Fudd. Right, that's her actual. She's the only hitchhiker that has an actual name. Right, and she is an avid bird watcher, and that's essentially how she ends up dying. In yeah. the end, which is hilarious to me, but she's dressed like Velma from Scooby Doo. But they don't address the fact that she's dressed like Velma, except if you pay attention, the character that plays Johnny calls her Velma. Right. He doesn't call her her actual name of Thelma. He calls her Velma more than once. Yeah. And it's hilarious. Like it's it's this totally whole, her. like the subtle little slip ups that they do that are really funny that you have to be paying attention to to catch. But it was really interesting. So I I don't know. I like how they tied that in. You know, like they they took all these different dreams or aspirations that these characters had, and they took that and made these like ironic characters. Yes, yeah, because she was them. like like Blue's Clues, stupid. She was fucking stupid. Yeah, she. I but mean, she's it's supposed like, to be the smart one, and she's a fucking idiot. Right. Yeah, she's like chasing around trying to find a duck. Yeah. Why would you fucking do that? I like, don't know. The whole time, I'm like, bitch, please. Who the fuck is going to go to this crazy ass mansion where obviously some shit's going down and you're going to be like, I'm going to go hunt this duck. It's making these weird noises. It's so weird. I never even and made the connection of the, the Thelma, Thelma Fudd. I'm so glad I could like. But bring, I did like, say the Bugs Bunny thing. No, absolutely. Long before. But it's cool. Like, I'm glad I could bring something to your attention. That, <laughs> well, I don't I know like, everything. I feel like it's very rare that I pick up on something that you don't. So <laughs> No, no, no. I mean, I just kind of like, 
I don't know. Like sometimes I don't even think about no, it was just, until we're actually sitting here. It was just like this glorious comedic genius moment that I don't think a lot of people picked up on and like but I did instantly. Yeah. And I'm like I need to fucking talk about that cuz that's ridiculous. Like it all ties back into how she dies, which is one of my favorite fucking scenes. It's cool as fuck. Right. No, I mean it makes sense. I mean there's there is like you said, you know, you couldn't find a lot of trivia and it really was hard to to find a lot of trivia in this movie, guys. I mean, essentially, this whole group of people show up at this house and, you know, they don't pay attention to the warning signs and don't leave when they should. They go chasing after the fucking psychic commando chick who is a trip. Like she's a she's a, what do they call her? Fucking speedhead or whatever. Oh, yeah, because she was shooting up. He's like, you're going to jag off right in public. Yeah, they think she's shooting up heroin. He calls it jagging off in public. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, ooh, God, that's kind of dark. Like, she's shooting up in between her fucking. Like, if you're making a fist. Between the pinky finger and the. Oh, no. Was it the pinky finger? I thought it was right in the middle. I'm sorry, you're right. It's between the. The middle middle finger finger and the ring finger. The ring finger. On her left hand. Yeah. Anyway, the way that everybody sort of slowly unravels and dies is kind of fun. Like, it it does push you along. So it's not like... Because there's this whole cat and mouse thing. Like, you know? Right. Like, now that you and I have made the connection of the Bugs Bunny thing, like, it all makes sense now. Like, this is totally like a living cartoon. It is. But with gore. It absolutely is. And it was just, I don't know, it was so fucking cool. Like, I, I don't know. I, I really fucking thoroughly I mean, enjoyed this movie, and I didn't think I was going I to. I don't think, I don't love it, but I like it. Like, I, I don't know how to it. explain it. Like, it's one of those movies I always get, like, a hair up my ass, and I'm like, man, I wonder if anybody's talked about this. And I looked online, and actually quite a few people have talked about Funny yeah, Man. because it's interesting. Right. It's different. It's and it's not, I don't know. I just, well, both of these movies that we're talking about, guys, have jesters in them. It's a jester-themed, and jesters, they actually jokers. look very similar. In a lot if of ways. If you really pay attention, they look extremely similar. Typical. And it's, it's it, yeah, I mean, it's your typical, like, jester-esque, like, joker styling, old right? Like, thing. old style, like, with the elongated chin and the nose and like, whatever. But I think what I love the most about this film is they went fucking balls to the wall with their kill scenes. They started out slow and low budgety, but then they got fucking real with it. And it was cool. They had some really fucking cool elements, like especially towards the last like three kill scenes, like towards the end, maybe four, where they really stepped it up. I maybe starting with Thelma, like how when they killed her character and they went forward on from that. Okay. Glorious. Like my favorite is the crap puppeteer. I can't even fucking tell you. Like, I lost my shit for that. It was so <laughs> glorious. Like, it reminds me of, um, uh, oh my fucking God, what is that movie? Um, it, they, they tried to be Cannibal Holocaust, Cannibal Pharaoh. Why do you say it that? It reminds me in a way of Cannibal Pharaoh. Like, when, not to get too close into, because we're not discussing our favorite scenes just yet, because this was actually one of my favorites, but okay. that kill scene in particular reminds me a little bit lightly of Cannibal Pharaoh, and we'll get into that when we discuss our favorite scenes, but and I, I think you'll pick up on what I'm talking about when you think of it a little bit, in a way. Okay. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm not, open to the idea. Loose. It's very loose. Well, it's he not... does have a lot of inspiration. Like, I did look into it a little bit, and some of his stuff is very Carpenter-based. Like, oh, it's so... But it does, I would never guess that that's Carpenter-based. No. But he said that he later, like, originally it was like Carpenter stuff, and then as he got older, he actually started to really get into Wes Craven, where, exactly. which is where the Freddy Krueger thing... Which, to me, as we've already discussed a bit, this is 
a British Freddy Krueger. Like, this is so yeah. Wes Craven, and I can see John Carpenter elements, but I see Hellraiser elements, too. Right. You know, like, it's very Clive Barker-esque. It's weird Barker-esque. that he chose that Bugs Bunny, though, too, on top of but that. But it's silly. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, I that's what I love like, about it. It makes no fucking sense. Well, there's some interesting tidbits about this that I'll talk about now since we're kind of talking about it. Um, like I said, he was inspired by Carpenter. He even, when I was, like, reading up on this, he said he joked about funny man as his way into horror and it was kind of his he was like i haven't worked in 14 years and here i am making a movie a feature film he's like you can do it he's like people try to talk about how hard it is to make movies it's not hard that's what he said which this is like his only he was like this is my intro into horror i picked it and i probably wanted to throw all of my favorite nostalgic things when i was growing up as a kid into it he's like and it's probably his my way out as well He's like, it's probably the the first and last. And this is like this interview and this uh, extras or whatever was actually when the movie was being made. So he didn't even know the reception it was going to get right. when he was talking about this. At least that I, I don't think. Well, you don't pick up on it. Right. Um, did you know that this was actually nominated for a award at Fantasporto? 1995 for the International Fantasy Best Film Award. Is that Spanish? I don't know. Fantasporto? That's the name of it. So it's like a Spanish film award? I've never heard of that, actually, but I don't really follow film festivals that much because I don't, I don't have the, the time or the money. Of them, so. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I wish I did, but you know, I wish I had access to these things, and maybe one day when we get into it... I can see that because I, I get surprised by a lot of the films that we review that are, have been nominated or won right. like these crazy awards, and I'm just like, why? Yeah. Why? Did you know uh, in the movie there is... Uh, when when the psychic commando chick goes down to the funny man's world, there's a sign and it says Sod's Law, mm-hmm. population one. one. Right. Sod's Law is technically the, it's like a, like an Irish or a British saying that's like expect the or uh, hope for the best, expect the worst. Which makes perfect sense, and when you consider where they are yeah it's technically saying sod's law is expecting you know hoping for the best but, but expecting the, the worst. worst at the worst possible time it's like murphy's law kind of yeah it's like a like their own version of this and it's british way i've never heard of sod's law before but i guess that's that's what it stands for i had to look it up because i was like which makes sense curious about it i was like that's got to mean something no, i thought the same thing <laughs> um I was like, what is this? They keep showing this sign. Another really weird thing is that they did for this movie is something they used to do in the 80s. So this is kind of a throwback to the 80s in a way because they did like a funny man song. Oh, I know. <laughs> the funny man. Funny man. He's the funny man. He's glorious. And I, feel, I believe Christopher Lee actually sang in the end. I couldn't find that anywhere. But it sounded like Christopher Lee's voice, plus Tim James, who was the funny man, mm-hmm. talking about, you know, like he's talking to the theater. Right. Like they do, they've done that in like the movies like Scrooged. Yeah. Or whatever, where he's like, you, you in the back, now just the men on the left and the men on the right. He's kind of doing like, that thing. Third person narrative or whatever Right. It is, just to like, kind of like involve the, the, the movie. The audience. The right? audience. It's, it's, it's like... Um, it it's almost like it's in a theater production versus right, a movie, which is really awesome. Yeah, but I don't think breakaway. many of the audience was left. No, 
I'm sorry, but it's probably true. Uh, I mean, I'd stay to the end if I went to theatrically see this shit unfold like Hamilton in front of me. I would be like, fuck yeah. Well, let's do this weird shit. Like, that's right. cool. But most people, no. Well, there's an interesting little story tidbit. Um, director Simon Sprackling said that a lot of people that had asked him, and this is a pretty obvious question, because first of all, when you see this movie, they did a lot with the m- money. It's not that it's like a bad movie. They they spent the money well. They did. The script was a little weird, and the writing was really weird, and but they, they did really good for the money that they got, or that they had. But a lot of people would ask the director, you know, how he got Christopher Lee. Like, how the fuck did you get Christopher Lee? For real. And and it's like, and it is a really good question because you, question. if you think of the breadth of talent that Christopher Lee has surrounded himself with in the movie industry, you think to yourself, why the fuck would he want to be attached to this film? Right. Especially since Christopher Lee hadn't done a horror film in 22 years before this. So, uh... Sprackling, the director, he said that he was like, I don't know why everybody was like wondering how this happened. He was like, all I did is called his agent. Set it up. Met up with him for tea. He read the script. He said he liked it. And he (laughs) left me with a seven pound bill. That was it. We met up for high tea. Yeah. With Christopher Lee. <laughs> yeah. He just had tea and they left him I with the it. bill and said, I'm out. Big, let me fucking tell you, Simon, why everybody's confused. But yeah, I mean. We're all fucking perplexed how you got fucking Lord of the Rings fucking shenanigans. Dude, guru. Uh, dude, Lord of the Rings is the lower one on his totem pole. Which is, in ridiculous my opinion, to say, like, but I mean, it's, as it's far pro- as his repertoire of like horror movies that he's done over the last decade. I would say that he's more known for other stuff. I mean, yes, Lord of the Rings obviously is a good movie. He probably got paid really well for it. I'm not, I'm just saying like, but most people would recognize Christopher Lee for many of his earlier films. Right. Because these are like the horror greats. Correct. Um, But it is interesting that he decided to do this movie 22 years he hadn't done a horror movie and this is the one that he chose. That's the one he picks? Right. Yeah. Come on. Christopher Lee did talk about it though. He said... He said he he would actually only do one if he found a script that was original enough that, you know, and he said he saw the young, passionate enthusiasm from the cast and the crew and everything, and he really loved the enthusiasm from the group. He really likes supporting British film. He feels like British film kind of like just at the time in the 90s here, he wasn't, they weren't really pushing things. They were too formulaic and they were making too many British films instead of trying to make an international picture, which this movie he felt would be more international that people would get. Although I will say, guys, if you're not paying close attention, there is a lot of slang in this movie. It's a very British film. Yeah, like you really, because it's like a Northern Irish, or excuse me, Northern British accent and you might need to kind of follow up on it it might even be closer to irish a little bit the funny man he's definitely northern northern english it's a very british film plain and simple like that's that's what it is but yeah he just he just loved it he said that he loved the fact that that you can tell that these guys were so passionate that they had worked their way up from the bottom to get to where they were and so he wanted to help them out i thought that was really cool i well, that's excellent good for him 
I mean, it's probably not the best, the wisest choice he made. Well, it doesn't But it didn't affect his career. Is he wrong? No, no. he's just thrown a because bone. Because this was a very, this was a very unique idea, especially at the time. This is something that hasn't really been touched on or done, especially in that way. Right. Like, sure, it, it you know, it's it's kind of similar to a bunch of different U.S. movies that were done at the time, but were they exposed to that necessarily when he wrote this? Probably no. not. And so, and the producer who made this movie, Nigel Odell, I think this is, yeah, Nigel Odell, he wanted a, he he definitely wanted part of the reason that he wanted to do a movie is because he felt like if he got younger guy, a younger cast other than Christopher Lee, right, who was a veteran, obviously, <laughs> he was a young buck of like sixty four at the yeah. time. Uh, he was like, <laughs> you know, if we get a younger cast, you know, they're more enthusiastic, they're more eager to make a good picture. So he wanted to do that, and obviously that shined through to Christopher Lee, which some people I like. I was reading other people's like reviews and. And uh, hearing what they, the disdain they had that Christopher Levy attached himself to this movie, which is like, you know, it's like, whatever, it's his choice. Like, are you going to, exactly, are you, you going to hate him because he made a choice to help yeah. somebody else? He was just throwing somebody a bone. That's yeah. the way I look at it. Are you his it. agent? No. <laughs> Did he get paid for this? I mean, yes. I totally so agree with him. He shouldn't have probably done it, but. It's Why cool. not? I think it's really cool that he did. Every fucking person that we look up to in every aspect of every fucking movie that we love, whether it's horror or not, every fucking actor has done a film that's regrettable to your opinion or to my opinion sure. or even to their opinion. So who fucking cares what they do? Oh, I'm not. I'm it's not. A, no, I'm not talking about you. I'm just yeah, talking about people who, who look into that and they judge that kind of like decision who look at him and go, why would you want your name to be attached to a film like this? Why would you not? Well, everybody has an opinion, right? And, they do. and nobody wants to hear Hear somebody that's like, always like it's like what they like, say right well i don't know i just try to be more understanding it's like i always think back to when fucking kyle from the laughing horror podcast and our fucking kyle and also <laughs> one of our writers for part of the btv family here kyle was like you're really kind of like changed since you started right and i'm like have i because i don't think i have i think i've always been more understanding because in my mind i think to myself like this funny man movie it could be some kids favorite movie in the world so i try to look right. at it from a perspective of like hey somebody really likes this movie i own the movie so it's not so, so bad i don't want to completely shit on it right and it's not that I, I wouldn't shit on a movie there's movies that i will probably shit oh, on. oh there's plenty that i have shit right uh, over the witch is one that everybody hates me for so and i always bring that up because that's the one but i can't shit on this movie because it's not shit on worthy well and i think tim james did a good job I he's think, excellent i think he kind of probably been directed a little bit better right but he's sometimes still he kind of said stuff under his breath and that could have just been bad miking or whatever but it was like kind of hard to hear him a little bit no you're not wrong you're not wrong in any aspect of this but i still this there are a million fucking worse movies than this i thought there's a million worse movies that are well oh yeah like well more received than this film that people love yeah that i fucking hate that I would rather watch this than that any fucking day of the week. <laughs> so, I mean, I could get in a fucking argument about a million other fucking movies in comparison to this and be like, this is why this is better and this is why you're wrong. <laughs> so, that's how I feel about it. I don't know. Like, I'm super, super excited that you suggested this because I really liked it. Good. I enjoyed it way more than I thought I was going to. So. Well, and you know, you know one last bit of trivia that I wanted to mention before we get into our favorite scenes is that Tim James actually went to acting school for like three years and then he dropped out to go to um to do fun, uh landscaping because he thought you know well that's like i'm gonna be a gardener well he was he was like <laughs> that i need to make money and that's what i gotta do right because like the acting thing he thought was like a, 
a joke. He's not really done much else yes. than that, but he did start a children's theater and then he worked on this. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was kind of cool that he did a children's theater. That is cool. But he is a little risque in this movie, so it's like... And he's got the most like ridiculous cod piece, like, literally ever. Right. Well, it looks like the, the, the punch doll. It's great. Like, yeah, like a half punch moon or whatever. Judy. Yeah. The punch doll. Which yeah, th- that was so weird, the fleshy scene. dolls. I love that scene. Well, let's talk about some of our favorite scenes. So, can I talk about mine first? Or do you want to talk go about? Ahead. No, wait, no. I talked just about just go the movie, chronological so you go order. No, I talked about my. I I brought. I talked about this. So you go first with your favorite scene. Um. Obviously, Velma gets shot in the head. Okay. Probably one of the coolest scenes. It's excellent. Uh, he sneaks up behind her like Elmer Thelma. Fudd. Thelma. But Not yeah, Thelma. he sneaks up behind her with Elmer, like Elmer Thud or Elmer, Elmer Fudd. Fudd. God damn it. Uh, and then he's like, has this big, like, what do you call those, like, shotguns that have the big blust- busters? Bl- blunderbuster? Yeah. Sure. It was like a shotgun blunderbuster with just like, and it's like ridiculously like Bugs Bunny. It's stupid. It totally is. She's like leaning left and he aims the other way and he's like, damn it. And then she moves right, and then he moves to the right or to the left, and she they're, like they're missing each other until her attention gets swayed by the guy who's riding around on a cart who, oh, yeah, who won the house. Max, yeah, yeah. But by the way, this whole fucking thing starts when his little kid spins the win or lose spindle thing, and so technically you can win great fortune if it want to land it on win. He would have been like gotten everything that he ever wanted in his dreams, but it landed on lose. And so this. Yeah. So the jester like comes out of the fucking attic ground like Hellraiser. Right. And he's just like. That was pretty cool, too. Fucking awesome. Like he just spews out of this fucking the ground of this attic. Right. Like literally Hellraiser-esque style. Oh, God. I don't know what I just hit. (laughs) But anyway, it's gorgeous. Like he's like being birthed from the floor, but it's like. I don't know. It's fucking cool. <laughs> I don't know. I just wanted to fill people in on that so they could follow you along. You need to know. Like, you need... This is important. But everything gets really psychedelic and crazy and weird and trippy yeah. and shit. And Each death progressively gets fucking weirder. It's almost like the funny man doesn't even kill him. He just toys with him the whole fucking time. But he passes by Thelma and aka Velma, Fudd, whatever. But she gets... He puts the blunderbuster against the back of her head and shoots it. And you see her... Op- the front of her face pop out. And her eyes and her brain go shooting across like and a glasses. screen. Yeah, and her glasses and just fall on the ground. And that's it. Like it's, it's excellent. It's pretty cool though. Like the the gore was pretty cool. Like the they did a really decent. good job. Yeah. It was fucking hilarious. Like I don't know. It was, it was just cool. I what about so a scene hard. with you? So my favorite scene was with the crap puppeteer, who if you if you watch the movie, your first introductory to him is where he's doing the um What's the fucking name of the male? Punch and Judy. He's doing the Punch and Judy puppeteer show like in the back of the bus, right? Right, okay. And that's his name. His name is Crap Puppeteer, right? Okay, yeah. Which is ridiculous. He gets his head stuck in the wall first though, right? He gets, like he somehow gets transported into this like weird parallel universe thing, right? So he flies in head first with his hands. To like brace his fall. So his hands go through the wall first, but then the, just the top part of his head from his eyes. No, his nose, just like under like his n- nose. Under the bridge of his nose. Yeah. And eyes up yeah. is what goes across. And it's like on this beach in like, you know, it's not Florida, but it's, it just reminds me of that. It's a beach. They have beaches in the United Kingdom, so that's where it is. It's a beach in the fucking UK somewhere. Sure. 
So <laughs> he's doing this weird puppet show. Well, he ends up like doing... first of all, to explain it a little bit better, is his head pops up into a puppet tent thing. Right. Where people would do puppeteering, but his head's popping up and then he's got the two puppeteers on either the two puppets on the yeah, other he's side. Got Punch and Judy, Punch on one hand and Judy on the other. Just wanted to explain it for those that right. maybe not have seen it. And it's just nose up for him, his head, right? So he can't speak, but he can see exactly what's going on, and he can comprehend and understand what's happening. So they cut away to the jester or the funny man or whatever, and he's like sunbathing on the beach and like watching the Punch and Judy show. So they go and they do this whole weird puppeteering act and then they take this big cartoon bomb, they light it up, and they set it on top of the crap puppeteer's head, right? And so you're like, oh, is this just part of the gag or is this how they're going to fucking kill this guy? This is hilarious. All of a sudden it keeps cutting back and forth between like real land and then this like beach land and... Yeah, where his body is and where his head is. Where his head is. And then this fucking bomb explodes and then all of a sudden it pops off from below the nose and then this guy with like no head and no from, hands and no hands falls out from the other side of this wall and he just like falls back dead and it's this like glorious fucking thing which <laughs> ties me into how it reminds me a little bit of cannibal pharaoh okay with when they stick the guy and they tie him like they'd stick him under the table and they put his head and they cut off the top of his skull cap okay and they just take, you know, they just take the machete. That's all they do. They take the machete and go. And they kind of reminds me of Faces of Death, too. Oh, Faces of Death, too. But I mean, Where they, yeah. not part two, but just as no, well. No, I know. Yeah. As well, right. I know. Well, faces of Death, I feel like, has been, to- like, lightly touched upon in, like, a million different fucking movies. Right. But. Well, because they do that monkey one where they bash it on the head. And then they pop the head off. Yeah. And then they eat the, the brain th- the top, it's yeah, still alive. Exactly. It's but. Cannibal Pharaoh is where it really made me think of it. Like that's right. that's where my brain instantly went to. They don't do they don't eat his fucking brain or anything by any means, but that cutting off the top of the skull cap with exposing the brain from that part forward is what made me think of that film. So I sure. just thought that was really cool. But whether I'm sure it wasn't intentional, but that's you never what know. You made may. me think of it. So right. but that was fucking cool. Like the effects for that were incredible. For if you think of the budget for this movie yeah. Like the effects for the Thelma Fudd scene and this scene and uh, multiple others throughout the film, they did a really great job of budgeting their money very well. Yeah. And even with the stupid crap fucking like costume prosthetics that they had. Yeah. Holy fuck. Like they did an incredible job. Like I was super impressed. They made what it they stretch did. They, for they sure. did make it stretch and they stretched it the right way and it was really cool. Yeah. That was one of my favorite scenes too. Um I think the only other one that I could talk about is I mentioned it earlier. Well, the when when the, all the people first show up, well, there's like there's this guy on the road. He's going to drop this crate off to his brother at his house, right? All these people get in. One of those people is the uh, commando, a psychic commando chick, who is this like caricature of. She's basically to be like, like a 70s queen voodoo priestess voodoo priestess like, yeah. yeah like something very much similar to like um what's that that voodoo prince priest priestess well, she's supposed in the to be fucking like a, uh, pirates um, of the caribbean yeah 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 i know what you're she's talking very about. much like that but she's like done in like the 70s style like disco a marie laveau kind of Ask seventies disco i guess like black exploitation right. style yeah 
actress. Exactly. Right? When she shows up, she realizes that there's something dark in the house that's been unleashed because she has these powers. She shoots her hand up and you, you start to realize that she keeps shooting up on her hand and her hand's starting to get progressively worse. When she goes venturing around this house. Smackhead. Sorry, that's what they were calling it. Yeah, her. Smackhead. She's jagging off in the fucking... Anyway, so she finds... She wanders around the house. She finds where this funny man lives which is in this insanely windy staircase that goes all the way down to this land that's like looks like old-timey fucking houses it's fucking cool. with like la- la- yard gnomes and like huts made out of like hay and shit it's ridiculous it's pretty ridiculous and then she goes and finds his home like in one of it's those houses very medieval times right but with lawn gnomes he's got like a tv in there though and some other yeah, stuff but it's out outwardly medieval times but it's still progressive enough to have lawn gnomes and a tv and electricity. it's like a mix of match it's fucking it's, weird it's, it, you can tell that he's been around for a long time right he just likes older things with the newer touch but she goes down there and she and he notices that she's in his house somehow because she's watching him on the tv and it's almost like he's watching he looks at her and he's like hey what are you doing why are you in my house and she's like She's like, I took a shit on your bed. (laughs) He was like, wait, what? You did what? what? (laughs) I was like, oh my God. That's not all. (laughs) But the psychic commando's arm, her two fingers, almost like Spock, Mm -hmm. spread apart. And then a cannon comes out of her hand and starts shooting rockets out of it at the funny man when he comes to meet her. And they have this stupid ass fucking segment where they were trying to do like... The good, the bad, and the ugly. No, no, no. A fistful of dollars. They're yeah. trying to do some sort of spaghetti western. Totally. With Clint Eastwood, where he was wearing the most ridiculous like Mexican hat. It's like a Mexican standoff. Yeah, it was like a Mexican terrible. standoff, but it was like the worst thing ever. But she's just like pumping out these rockets at him and like yeah. blowing up his house. And-, and she's your stereotypical stormtrooper and can't make a fucking shot to save her life. Yeah, that shit was funny. I'm like, really, bitch? You're shooting rockets and you can't fucking connect anything. Well, and then she fucking dies because he goes up her butt. <laughs> was, that's one of my Do favorite you remember? scenes. Oh, go ahead if you want to tell it. I loved it. I was so confused because I don't remember how he got there. But then all of a sudden he just pops out of her fucking stomach. Right. And then just like kills her from the inside out. And it's fucking glorious. Yeah, she just pops apart. And then he comes out of it and he's like, what, is he, what does he say? He's like, <laughs> my father told me one time. They don't like it in the bum. Yeah, it's fucking ridiculous. They don't, like, they don't like it in the in the end. They don't the like end, it in the end. They don't like it in the end. It's so fucking stupid and weird, but it was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. And just like the, I don't, the effects were cool. So like it works, but it, it doesn't work at the same time. Like, I don't know. I can't hate it. Yeah, I mean, it's like I can't hate it. Like a for fucking effort, dude. Like it is one of those movies that like. It's just one of those movies, kind of like, um, so So to me, it's kind of like the Street Trash movie. <laughs> yeah. Right? Street Trash is so great, but he never really did anything again. Right. <laughs> so it's like, it's just one of those movies that you know that, like, this is, no one's ever made anything like this. You're never going to see it again. Right. Is it as good as something like Street Trash? Probably not. No. Um, but... I think it's a pretty decent movie. If you're into weird shit, if you can get into like really tongue in cheek stalkers like that make bad, really bad jokes with a little bit of a deadpan humor and over the top gore and and acting, you might like it. 
just if you want a good break, like you're watching this like fucking horror marathon, right? But you want a good break of something that still has cool kill scenes, but it's really funny and just stupid and you don't really have to pay a whole lot of attention to it to get it. Right. This is something that you throw in the middle. So this is something you put in there to give your brain a fucking reprieve between like these crazy intellectual horror films and you're just like, right. I want something fun to laugh at, but I don't want to be fucking bored. Yeah, it's this a, is what you want to watch. Yeah, it's a pizza and beer thing. Don't yeah, absolutely. Like yeah. don't go into it like please watch this fucking drunk or stoned. It makes <laughs> yeah, it a really million fucking times better. Um, but don't go into this expecting it to be a fucking masterpiece because it's not. And it, it is in its own way, but it's not a fucking John Carpenter film. No, 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 no. So go into it's it. It's more of like a trauma film, but from Britain. It's a British trauma film. Yeah, pretty much. Go into it with zero expectations. But, but it's not as over minimal. the top. Sometimes it's, it's not as over, it's the, not top as as over the top as that. It doesn't reach as hard as trauma does. Right. Trauma reaches pretty fucking hard with every single film that they do. They have done some pretty crazy And they shit. do it really, really well in a lot the of earlier the films, stuff. The earlier stuff, yes. And the later stuff is just overreaching. Yeah. Um, but it's still to a to a part enjoyable. But this movie, don't go into it with high expectations. Go into it with no expectations. Smoke some fucking weed. <laughs> drink some fucking beer. Drink some whiskey. Whatever. Have some pizza. Relax between watch fucking Hellraiser, watch this, and then watch something else. I don't right. know. Like put this in the middle when you want a break. Right. But a cool break that's not completely a waste of time this is something you want to watch is it something you should spend your money to own i think so because it's not it's not <laughs> well, gonna cost you a lot of money like it's not a waste there's of plenty money. of collectors out there if you're a collector of movies and you're looking for like the weirdest little gems that you've never you know nobody would ever see this is that are hard to get i mean the move the movie's actually if you're in america you can get the movie uh, for forty bucks on DVD. They haven't even bought it. To, brought it to Blu-ray. They do have a Region B Blu-ray out in the UK for like ten pounds. Right. I thought about buying it and having it shipped here in a couple of weeks, but I was like, I don't know if it'll play in my player. So, but anyway, check it out. Give it a shot. I don't think you're gonna regret it. It's super fun. Yeah. I was really impressed, and I'm a fucking picky bitch about stuff. And half the time, Alex is like, "Watch this," and I'm like, "Why are you making me watch this shit?" <laughs> um, but I, it's it's entertaining. Yeah. You're not gonna fucking hate us for wasting an hour and twenty minutes of your time to watch this movie guarantee it well and there is another movie that we're going to be talking about uh and it is slaughter high if you've never seen slaughter high this was my first time watching it i thought i had seen it i really thought i had because i always remember seeing the skeleton with the fucking graduation cap on and the apple and like the backboard like i always thought i had seen it but i don't think i've ever seen this movie Really? So it was like kind of fresh and new to me. You've seen it before? I had seen it before. Really? Which I was surprised by because when I saw the, the picture that you sent me, like when I looked it up, I was like, this looks kind of familiar, but I don't think I've seen this. And about 25 minutes into the movie, I'm like, I've seen this. Right. How have I fucking seen this? Speaking of trauma and British movies, this is another British film. Yes. So we're almost like doing British films this week. I didn't even realize it was a British film until I started doing some of the research <laughs> on it. I noticed that some of the actors had like a weird accent. Right. And I thought for a second, I was like, they're either Kiwi or, or Australian trying to pretend to be American. Right. But well, it was actually British guys, Northern uh, British guys trying to act. One of them was from Ireland, actually. Uh, and some, like, two or three of the actors were also American. The one girl was where I really picked it up, though. Right. Her in particular was, I was like, what the fuck? 
It was uh, all, this movie was also original titled was called April Fool's Day, which makes more sense, right? Which is technically an April Fool's Day movie, which, which I did not know. Also, yeah. Um, but apparently they had to change the name. Uh, I don't. I don't. I, I there is some information on that. I'll give you guys that a little bit. Well, I yeah, and I, I kind of wish they didn't because it makes more sense later on <laughs> when you watch the movie. It if still they would have left it as April Fool's Day because I was so fucking confused. It still works when they explain shit later on. I'm like, what? And another reason that led me to understand that it was a British filmed in Britain and not filmed in the United States mm-hmm. because of they explain it later. But I was like, what? The fuck are you talking about? And I know you know what I'm talking about, but. And to give you guys kind of an idea of what the story is, a group of popular students play a cruel prank on a shy nerd named Marty, resulting in a terrible accident. Years later, a reunion is held where each of the students face a stalker killer who may be the same nerd out for revenge. Um, this was directed and written by Mark Ezra, uh, as well as, why did, oh, he, there's three people that wrote and direct this movie, by the way. They all kind of share. Really? Yeah. They all kind of share some of the. Three people created this? Yes. Three directors. (laughs) Uh, Mark Ezra, he's done a project called House Swap, which is kind of a newer horror movie. Also was directed and written by George Dugdale, who did the movies Living Doll. Also, Peter McKenzie Litton, who also did a, a feature called Heaven's a Drag. But they've all done kind of like some other stuff, and this was the one that they joined up on together. And they even worked together on those other films all together as well. Um, I think one of them got to be the lead director in each of their movies, but they all like helped write, and they worked really well together. Uh, also, it was produced by Dick Randall, who also produced movies like Pieces, Don't Open Till Christmas, mm. and the movie Living Doll. Uh, some of the cast for this movie is Carolyn Monroe. She was the biggest star in this movie, by the way. She plays Carol. She was in the movie Faceless, Maniac, Star Crash, the original James Bond Casino Royale from the 60s, Dr. Fibes Rise Again, Dracula AD. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was actually like 36 when this movie yeah, came out a so, and you could tell. Yeah, you can definitely I was like, tell. the first time I see her, I was like, Christina is like, is that woman 37 or something? <laughs> uh, she yeah, started we laughing. Really confused too. Also, Simon Scudamore, who plays the nerd who gets picked on named Marty. Marty um, he'd never acted in anything. He literally walked in, did the really? part, did a really good job, and he they did. hired him. And there's kind of a sad story that I'll get to in a little bit about that guy, too. Also, Carmine Lanacone, she or he, was what I thought at first. I was like, wait, Carmine? I thought that was a female name. But it's actually a male's name. name. Goes by Skip in the movie. Ugh. He was in a popular 80s sort of comedy called Made to Order, um, which I believe starred the girl from House 2. She was in the movie. She played a maid in that movie, too, which is weird. Uh, I could be wrong, though. I forget. Uh, Gary Martin, who plays Joe. Cute. He's in a newer movie called Cute Little Buggers about bunnies that attack and kill everybody. And it's some of the worst CGI I've ever seen. Fuck. But I think it's intentionally bad like for that Benicula, reason. but stupid. It's pretty bad. Which, Benicula is pretty dumb. <laughs> this looks even worse, I'm sure. Oh, no. Uh, he's also done a ton of voice acting in movies, games, TV. Uh, and believe it or not, this 
movie was scored by two, like two or three songs, I think, by Harry Manfredini, who also worked on Friday the 13th, what? which was really weird that he did this movie. It was really fucking weird. The direct the fucking music is terrible. Well, some of it's okay. No, it's it's pretty awful. But I think what happened was that he wasn't getting paid a lot, and actually, he wanted fifty thousand pounds just to make to do the music for this movie my biggest complaint mouse and i our biggest complaint of this fucking movie he didn't do all the music okay but he, he did some of the music which makes sense you, the, some the, of the it's parts good. the parts that you probably wouldn't recognize he didn't do okay or the parts that you probably think of that you don't like are not the ones that he did nah, because he i did. thought of the same thing okay because that was literally our biggest complaint was the fucking music for this movie was god awful there is like a section where the blood's coming up out of the toilet that was San, uh, Henry Manfredini. Okay, but they're just that was cool. It's just tense parts. Yeah, there's they're a just lot of really it tense parts. Bad. Yeah, it was bad. But the movie was made with a budget of 140 thousand pounds. So you can imagine if if Harry Manfredini did 50 pounds, 50 thousand pounds, then he took a big chunk. Yeah, he did. They also gave a lot of money to the coach in the movie as well. Which is really weird, too. Like a five-minute fucking roll. I think they just didn't know what they were doing with the money. Uh, but Dick Randall was a kind of a character. He's like a producer. He's like, I got all these stories. Here's one. Yeah. Just like like they, he was even in the movie as the, as the agent who talks to the girl on the phone mm-hmm. for the movies. So, but uh, what do you think of this movie, though? I had fun with it. It's not my favorite, but yeah. I didn't, I don't know. I didn't. I I feel like I always say I didn't hate it, <laughs> but I didn't hate it. <laughs> like yeah, I like I said the the music took me out of it a lot. Okay, and it was overbearing and overpowering, and it was just fucking annoying. And mm. there's a lot of um, yeah, well, when you say the music, there's one particular track you're talking about. There's a well, a couple of di- like particular tracks that. Per- like pertain to each scene. But it had that same weird synth yes, line in you know it. That's I'm the one you're about. talking about. It's yeah. just that one. That's just one awful. song. That's one song. It and it was, I don't think that was Manfredini. No, I, I, and I fucking hope not because it was terrible. So many fucking things that don't make any fucking sense about it. There's like, some extra scenes that really didn't need to be there. fucking crazy. Yeah. Like, why is there a fucking bed in a high school? Why is there a fucking bathtub and a shower in a high school that are look like somebody's bathroom? Right. And their house. None of that makes any fucking sense, first <laughs> and foremost. So that is just a big... The little things like that are what bother me. Okay. But I don't know. Like, I just... I, there's... There was cohesiveness, it's, it's because but there's it not didn't flow well for you. It did not flow well for me. Yeah, at all. I don't think it's those it th- ex- those little things that you're talking about. I think it's just it didn't flow well because it, it did ex- have a hard time. It struggles through. It absolutely does. Yeah. It's completely disjointed and disheveled all over the fucking place. Like right. there's no straight story from start to finish. It's just like here we're gonna start here and then we're gonna way the fuck over here and then we're gonna way the fuck over this way and then we're gonna way the fuck back over here and then it's just like. And it just makes no fucking sense. But it all somewhat ties together in a weird fucking way. And then it ends over here. And you're like, what the fuck Well, is there anything that you did like about it? No, a lot of the kill scenes were cool as fuck. Okay. Like, they were cool. Like, that almost... That in itself, for the most part, made up for it for me. Right. It made you go... It helped you make it to the end. It helped me make it to the end. It kept me interested to watch it until the end because I wanted to see how each individual person was going to die. Okay. And I don't know. Okay. It was... It was it was still fun. Like Mouse liked it more than me. 
I can see that. Did he like Funny Man a lot? He didn't watch it. Oh. I watched, he had practice and I watched it by myself and I told him, I was like, this is the one that you're going to like, not this And it one. is, yeah. And I told him about it. He's like, that sounds fucking hilarious. Yeah. So I'm going to make him watch it. Um, you're gonna watch I, it with him or something? Yeah, I'm gonna watch it with him. But okay. I know he's gonna, I know he's gonna like it. But he he liked this one a little bit. He did. He liked it more than me. Okay. Um, he was like, I actually liked it. It's not, it's not my least favorite out of all the movies Alex makes you watch. Out of all the weird <laughs> shit Alex makes you watch, like I actually liked this one. And I'm like, really? Because I kind of hated it. Oh, I liked it. Like, there's parts of it that I really enjoyed, but other parts of it that I just didn't like because it just, it, it just felt so unnecessary and stupid to me that it didn't make any sense. But I, I try to go into these movies without any expectations. Right. So. Well, I had a lot of, like, the trailer is a little different. I mean, I, I think it made my imagination kind of blow up a little bit more. Right. Than, than the movie actually paid off. I, I completely agree. So, I mean, and this, again, was my first time watching it. So I may have a little bit of a different opinion than for someone who may have grown up watching this because it might be a little bit more nostalgic for those people. Um, I don't know. It's not, I don't really feel like it's like an amazing movie. But it's but, not awful. But there is a lot done with a little budget, I feel. Like, they they did a pretty damn good job with some creative ideas. Um, there's some funny stuff in it, but most of it is just so over the top that it's like, I don't know. It kind of reminds me of like a trauma film. Oh, absolutely. But like, but like, like a British film trying to do an American trauma film. It's a subdued trauma film. Right. And the a whole inspiration for this movie apparently was Friday the 13th, by the way. Yeah. Yikes. Dick Randall was like, make me a Friday the 13th film. This is a good picture to no, make. Oh, they failed that big time. Cause so. I don't get that fucking vibe, period. Well, you sin- get that vibe from Funny Man. You don't get that vibe from this. At it all. does have that trauma feel because it, it is so tongue in cheek. I you get know? more trauma than I do Friday the Thirteenth. I still. Or, I'm sorry. Did you say Friday the Thirteenth or Friday the Thirteenth? Yeah. Okay, you're right. Okay, but I still like it though. Like I really, I think it's a good movie in the sense that you know I like really deep cut movies that I can be like, okay, this scene is so worth keeping this movie, or this scene is so weird and uh, it's it's definitely one of those movies that you can sit with your friends and make fun of uh while you watch it because it's kind of ridiculous yeah i'm gonna dial back what i said previously because i was mixing up nightmare on elm street and friday the 13th oh okay what do you mean with what you said because i I can kind of see how they were trying to go for a friday the 13th element yeah no they wanted us they wanted a slasher movie okay which makes sense and i don't know why but my fucking brain probably because of whiskey confused and thought you said Nightmare on Elm Street was what they were trying to go no, for. This. No, like, yeah. It doesn't make any fucking sense. Um, anyway, Friday the 13th actually works in a way, in a weird way. It's different. I can kind of see where they're trying. They failed big time. Yeah. But I can see why they went for that direction or why they were trying to go that direction or how they were trying to go that direction. So that's me retracting on what I previously said because I mixed up shit in my whiskey brain head. So <laughs> No worries. I want to talk about that so I don't sound like a complete and total fucking moron. <laughs> <laughs> Because I know what I'm talking about. (laughs) uh, To give you guys kind of an idea what the story is about a little bit, basically what happens is these high school kids are picking on the nerdy guy, which, you know, doesn't make sense to a lot of you younger folks these days because nerdy's kind of cool right now. Mm -hmm. And back in the day, though, nerdy was not very cool, and being a jock and all this other shit really was. So they were kind of trying to hearken to a time that was like that, and the nerdy kid gets... Gets picked on all the time, and 
He gets the, the all these like this entire group of friends like literally force him to hook up with this Carolyn Monroe chick who plays Carol. Um, Carol walks him into the shower room, gets him to get naked. They have all these cameras set up like to shoot video to capture him fucking naked and getting turned down. And he they even like put like electrical charges on the towel rack. So when he goes to grab for the towel, yeah, he gets fucking electrocuted. Like what the fuck? Like fucked up. So, so he gets in there and then like somebody tells on him and tells the coach and the coach comes in and then punishes everyone, including the kid. It's the janitor. Who well, the janitor finds out. That's right. Being yeah. the caretaker later on. Right. Yeah. 20 years. 10 Which I was years super later. pissed about when they get to that point. By but the way. It made sense financially. No, absolutely. It <laughs> completely did. But it still pissed me off. But so anyway, so after this happens and he gets, you know, like all the kids like aren't done yet. So right. they see him working in the chemistry lab. He's got like a big old, by the way, do not store nitroglycerin acid uh, above uh, your head on a shaky rack. Like three fucking shelves above you? Yeah. Like a fucking moron. Like he just sets it up there and it's all shifting around. And then like, I forget what they do, but they like put something in one of his like experiments and then it pops. Uh, No, they give him the joint. Which has fake cigarette popping things yeah, in it. The joint that's like poisoned and some shit or whatever. Like, and it's got this like weird poppy like. It's exploding like cigar shit. Like the shit you throw on the ground. Like the little papers that pop like that you throw on the ground that's what it well they said that it was these the exploding cigars okay yeah that makes sense that's what it was they pulled the little filament thing out that's like a match yeah and they stuck it in there to make it a joint because whatever but anyway they're assholes yeah long story short (laughs) what i say shirt i'm a little drunk whatever (laughs) uh long story short He gets the chemicals mixed up. It causes him to start a fire. And then all of a sudden he bumps into the the acid. The acid spills on him, catches everything on fire, melts his face off and like his hands. Then like some the whole room explodes, I guess, apparently. And then all the kids are like watching him in there and, and he gets taken off like he's still alive. But they all forget about it, and it fast forwards ten years later. And yeah, the, and they're poorly. Get, yeah, very fucking poorly. Fast forwards to ten years later, mind you. Yeah, it doesn't really make sense. They all look no, the same. They do, except they drive cars. <laughs> yeah. Well, my biggest thing was like their transition into the ten year fucking like fast forward later is with Carol, right? Like, but it's not even it's. I don't even think it was her that's, like, talking to him when they're taking him off in the stretcher. I think it was Stella's character. I don't remember. But then he's, like, choking someone, and then all of a sudden, Carol wakes up in this fucking night terror panic. In the In future. this, like, weird-ass fucking bed. No, Marty! Yeah, and she's, like, in this fucking sleazy, sexy nightgown. Dude, that fucking bed, I was like, damn, dude. It was dude. ridiculous, right? I was like, how much does that bed cost? That's it looks what like, I said. I was like, is that a $10,000 bed? Yeah, I'm like, that's it's fucking It's got lights, stupid. it's got fucking, like, But it was cool. You know, like, I'd sleep in that. Yeah, it's got that, like, cushy hand backing. It was crazy. You know, like, so that it's you can, when you're 80s. having sex and getting crazy. Yeah, it's super 80s. It's got lights in it. Super 80s, like, <laughs> early 90s. It's got a disco ball. It was crazy. It probably vibrates and spins around. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, and then they all then all of a sudden it like pans to this bitch in this like negligee getting out of bed. I'm all, what fucking high schooler dresses like that to go to sleep? It didn't really make sense. It yet. didn't make sense. And then all of a sudden it progresses. She takes the phone call, and then you realize, oh okay, so she's like this fucking movie star trying not to do porn ten years later, but 
staying relevant, whatever, right? And then they, like, gradually go into the 10-year reunion thing. I'd rather go to my high school reunion than do this fucking film or right. whatever that she says. And I'm like, oh, Jesus. Okay, so this is supposed to be 10 years later. And now they're going to go to their, like, high school reunion. Like, it was just poorly fucking, like... Well, a lot of the dialogue in this movie's really bad. Really bad. But this in particular was just horrible. Lots of overacting. Lots of, like, hard-to-pay-attention moments. Yeah, it was bad. Um... But they, yeah, but Marty basically, the, the, the gist is, is that they're showing up to their old school to have this reunion and the whole thing is like shut down and dirty and messy and there's only one room in this whole place with all these drinks, which is what we made them. The, Marty party. The, yeah, the Marty party horror shot that we did, which it if you didn't disgusting. listen last Monday, you should drink. Don't fucking do it. <laughs> It was disgusting. <laughs> you can't even enjoy it with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. It's fucking terrible. <laughs> it's the worst shot we've ever done. Please don't do it. Well, after all of this, all shit breaks loose. People are dying left and right and disappearing and having stupid parties. And he poisons some of the food. He stabs people, kills them in all these different ways uh, as a jester. He puts on the, the school mascot face, right? Is that what it is? I believe so, but it was the guy, the one guy that, that, that was wearing it. Or was it a girl? Well, one of the one of the kids. One of the characters was wearing originally, it when they fuck with him. When they fuck with him, yeah. yeah. And that's what he embodies is this like jester character mask. To get back. Because his, half his face is melted off, so he doesn't want to look like himself. He's, he wants to be this like weird trying to do the slasher thing. Right. Um, there is some pretty interesting trivia about this. Uh, I I watched quite a bit about it. Uh, I got the Vestron DVD or Blu-ray. They have some pretty good extras in there. Plus, I did a little bit of more research. But um, Caramel, uh, Carolyn Monroe said all the directors worked really well together. She actually was dating the direct one of the directors. Mm, fucking shocker. George. Um, <laughs> which they didn't tell anybody except for the directors knew because they were all buddies. Right. So nobody knew that they were actually together, and he said, she said that they actually treated her like scum in a way, because <laughs> like they didn't include her in any of the directors' meetings or anything. They like kept it really quiet because they didn't want her to think that she was going to get favorism, favoritism. Favoritism, yeah. right? That's fair. So, but she had actually shot at that. The exterior shots you see of the school, by the way, are an old asylum. So, she had actually shot there before in a music video. And this music video was Goody Two Shoes <laughs> by Adam Ant. <laughs> don't drink, don't smoke. What oh you gotta do? Don't drink, don't smoke. Fucking, Goody Two Shoes. Oh yeah. God. So, which is funny because, so she was actually on the same exterior shots of the movie or the music video of that, and that's actually how she got the job. Is from, I think that music video. Probably. That's hilarious. Her and the director said that the. The place where they shot all the exterior shots, that place, that asylum, was really fucking scary. <laughs> and they said oh, they had some really spooky shit that happened on around them. And they said that it was really haunted. And she was freaked out by it. And they were all freaked out by it. Uh, they said that it was like this super heavy feeling. Uh, it was like an old Victorian asylum that had been shut down, you know. And a lot of the guards wouldn't even go in some of the rooms. It's awesome. So they were like, fuck that. You guys can do what you want, but I'm not going in I'm there. I'm not going in there. Right. <laughs> so uh, one of the co-directors, Mark Ezra, he got started in filmmaking when his dad handed him and his sister a movie camera. So he was just like, here, 
here's a roll of film each, go make a movie. And so Mark Ezra told his sister, he tricked her into saying, you know, he said, I'll tell you what, why don't you give me your roll of film and I'll have you star in my movie. And so she gave him the roll of film and that's what he, that's cute. his, I thought it was pretty cute. That is cute. I mean, what a cool fucking dad, right? Mm-hmm. His dad was a filmmaker and then he tricks his little sister because he had the patent. That's how he figured out he had this passion. I thought that was really cool, that man. That is cool. Also, co-director Mark Ezra met Peter and George to collaborate. And George and Peter worked at a special effects company. So that's where you're getting some of the special effects in this movie is that they actually did work on it. Although they, they kind of talk about like which one did what, you know, like... George did some of the the actor wrangling, so he like was the agent and like got the people, and then like Mark did like special effects, um, and so did the other guy. But uh, they all kind of chipped in on writing and stuff, so it's a little unclear online. Like Who a lot has of what part and what? Yeah, like what role they have in. So they just kind of split the difference. Mm-hmm. Um, so remember when I told you that there was Simon? Scudamore, who plays Marty, the guy that gets revenge on everybody, mm-hmm. something happened to him shortly after they shot the last shot on it. And he actually killed himself. Oh, my God. Yeah. Through drug addiction. It was an, a forced Aww. overdose, like it's an intentional sad. overdose. Yeah. Which is really weird. Um, they didn't really want to talk about it very much, but a lot of people have speculated that, oh, it was how pressure, how much pressure he was on the set of the movie and like, that's why he did it. And it was like, none of that. Apparently he had a really bad drug addiction. Right. I I don't see how he could have been pressured so severely making that movie. They, they were very, 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 uh, trying to get away from talking about it. Mm. I think probably just because out of respect. Probably. More so than anything, and they didn't want to drudge up any, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. he's already dead. They didn't want to talk crap about him. Right, you don't speak ill of the dead. But That's it was right. literally shortly after the last shots that it happened. That's crazy. So he didn't even get to make the, the release. Oh, wow. I don't think so. Um, Mark Ezra, also, he was one of the main people that they interviewed. The other guys did some of the commentary. Mm-hmm. But Mark Ezra was saying that when they got there uh, to the Cannes Film Festival, they were trying to sell the movie, and a lot of people ran out of the theater at the end of it. And he thought, he was like, oh, fuck, this is it. This is the end of film for making for me, I guess, you know? <laughs> but he turned to Dick Randall, and Dick Randall was like, he was like, no, they're they're running to be the first to buy the film. That's how this works. Like, they just get an idea of whether or not they like it or not, and then they go and run they to buy the film buy okay. because they have to put a bid in right? or whatever. They try to do it. So, apparently, Vestron bought it for nine times what it cost. Nice. So, 150000 times nine. So, they, they did pretty good for yeah, themselves. Awesome. You know, it wasn't... Awesome. I don't think this was, like, one of those big-ass movies that everybody's like, oh, my God, Slaughter High! There's, like, there are very few people that are like, oh, yeah, I remember getting that on the video shelf. It's turned into a kind of, like, a little bit of a subdued cult classic. It is definitely. It's, like, a... It's it's a weird cult. Interestingly enough, like, when you mentioned that you wanted to do it, I had two different people that I follow on, like, Instagram. They're like, like oh, really? Horror communities that shared that they just recently picked this up. Yes. Yeah, because it just came in out. In a store. And I'm yeah. like, what the fuck? And, like... 
They're like, oh, I just picked this up, solder high, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well. Well, I wanted to try to do something <laughs> like, a little bit more current that came out, so. No, it just made me laugh, because I'm like, oh, the timing. <laughs> like, I'm talking about that this week. Right. <laughs> I want to be on the Void Horror Podcast. Check it out. <laughs> uh, yeah, just tag. Tag, the, tag, 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 tag. There you go. Check this out. Check oh, this hey. out. Long live the Void. Long live the Void. Yeah, it was hilarious. <laughs> like I was like, oh, the timing is so weird, but here we go. <laughs> Plug, 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 plug. <laughs> you know, it's funny that Vestron picked this up, though, but apparently they were like Netflix at this parent, this particular time, where they were just buying anything they could, you know? Yeah. Like, Netflix just seems like, oh, you gotta, oh, you, you shit in a bucket, okay, like... Mass production! Like, I think there was like a South Park episode recently where they were like oh, talking about that. Probably. I think it, was it South Park? I can't remember, but they South, were making fun mouse, of. He'll know. They were making fun of Netflix. Oh, it was South Park because sure Cartman was. was trying to pitch this idea of Super Friends to Netflix. You're correct. Yeah, it is South Park. So he makes me watch it. He's seen every goddamn episode of that show. Yeah, it's pretty. It was pretty funny, but it, the, it was funny. The reason I bring it up is only because Vestron was in this phase where they were doing really well, so they mm-hmm. had all this extra money, and they were just trying to buy like films to try to make to pad their, you know, their whole collection. Right. So. But which makes yeah. sense. They were they even said they were like, hey, we're just on a buying spree and they just happen to like our shit, so <laughs> <laughs> Did you uh did you have any favorite scenes in this one though? I do. Okay. I do. Do I have to go in chronological order? Please. God damn it. I do that because it's spoilery. I know. So it gets more spoilery to but the end. What okay, so but what's yours? Because yours may be before me. What's your first one? No, go ahead. Start it off, and I'll, and I'll kick off the one before it, if it is. If it is? Are you sure? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, because my favorite, favorite fucking scene from this is the whole fucking acid bath. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. So dope. So fucking unnecessary and absolutely fucking <laughs> ridiculous. Why would that ever happen, first and <laughs> foremost? But and, yeah, why would she be in there? It's like that whole part made no sense. Of all of the shit, and like the, I actually love the scene that leads to that too. Like that kill scene prior to that moment is pretty fucking cool too, because he drinks the PBR, PBR or whatever that has acid in it. Right, and his stomach pops, and his stomach just fucking explodes. Right, and right. It's so fucking cool, and just blood all over this chick. Right, so she somehow miraculously, this is a high school, finds a regular ass bathroom that has a shower and tub. Yeah, because it pops on her face, and she's, she's got like, blood on her. She's like so tragically she hurt. Super. Everybody ditches her ass first of all, so she's like alone, and everyone leaves her, and they just disappear. And like so, I know you just been spit blood on, and you're having a, obviously a really bad time, but I'll see you later. Yeah, but I'll bye. You see know? ya. They're all fucking gone, and so she's just wandering around the halls by herself, and is like covered in blood. And the first thing she decides is, I'm going to take a bath. Right. Like, this is where just, I I don't know, just unnecessary fucking nudity and shit comes into play for me, where I'm like, this is so dumb! Well, this you know, the directors... This happen, but I understand why you're doing it. The you directors know? actually said that those two scenes, the stomach popping, which I thought was pretty cool, because... It was cool. I liked it, because, like, the organs are, like, starting to squirt out, like, all weird, and I it thought that awesome. looked really cool. It did look cool. But they, they said that that scene and the, and the acid bath scene did not work out how they wanted. Which I can understand and tell with the acid bath well because you see her face all melting shit like there's it's a lot all of weird. issues with it there's a lot of continuity issues especially with that scene yeah but it was still cool so it's like i'm just gonna fucking like i need to wash this blood off my face so instead of just washing my face off in a sink i'm gonna take a bath what right so she strips down completely buck-ass naked and gets in this fucking bathtub and this is where i can see the fucking like ode to friday the 13th 
Because Friday the 13th No, is... you mean Nightmare on Elm Street. Shut up. You're saying that because no, you're talking you about the was... claws coming up out of the water. No, it's not what I'm talking about at oh, all. Oh, okay, go ahead. No, not that. Not that scene. Not that scene. But this is where I can see where you were talking about how they're trying to do this like Friday the 13th thing, right? Like, mm-hmm. Which makes sense to me because Friday the 13th is all fucking tits and sex right. and violence, right? Or as I say, when they get when they get nude, I'm like, this is the this is where it gets really good. This is Christina. where it gets really good. Yeah. <laughs> so she gets naked, gets into the bath to wash the blood that's just on her face right. off, which she takes forever to wash off. By the way, <laughs> so, yeah, I know. Like, what the fuck? Like, like, wipe that shit off right away. Gratuitous nudity about her fucking cleavage and shit, and I'm just like, ah, get to the fucking point, right? <laughs> Like, and they finally do, and then all of a sudden, this, like, acid starts steaming through the water. Instead of the water, it's replaced by this nitric acid, right? That's essentially what, like, r- destroyed Marty's fucking face or whatever. Right. So she starts to casually burn to death, pretty right. much. Like, it's the acid starts to burn her, and it's so inconsistent when you watch it. <laughs> it really is. It's it so bad. I mean, the makeup's still really good. Like, the effects are... was cool, yeah. The effects are cool. The effects are really good, especially for that time. But it jumps back and forth so dramatically. Like, if you really pay attention, you can see how spotty it is, and it's fucking awful. Yeah. But it's still cool if you take it piece by piece. Right. Um, And then all of a sudden, it just comes down to it, and she just, like, finally, like, just lets go, and then falls into this tub, and then her fucking face just melts. Yeah, that part was weird as Away, shit. and I'm like, how did that stop- melt so quickly, but the rest of her body took 20 fucking years to melt? Yeah, it's like stop motion. They just didn't piece it together well. They, no, like, it was weird. They were was- like, oh, we'll just do this, and we'll make it work, and then the editor was like, fuck you! Yeah. <laughs> But it was still cool. Like, I don't know. I I really, I still enjoyed it. Like, I was like, ah, fucking acid bath. Like, this works for me. Like, I can see why they made a band name out of this. Like, Well, that is not why. No I don't think I it's that movie, but, but it may not, be. But it's, I'm sure it's not. If I it love is, that I'm band. amazed. But I know, like, I, me too. But, it, I mean, if this is what, like, inspired that, I doubt it. Because I think they were around before that. I want to mention something that, like, <laughs> that really bothers me about this movie. So what's up with Carol leaving the killer weapons all the fucking time? Right. <laughs> fuck. It's like she first. That's a fucking mouse said. It was cracking I was the like, fuck up. I was like yelling at the screen when it was happening. I was like, I was like, she finally gets the jump on him with the bat. She hits the shit out of him. He falls. That's where you don't stop. That's where you crack him over the head. You kill him. You kill him or take the bat with you and try to escape. I can understand maybe not. Wanting to keep hitting somebody till they're dead. Right. But then she leaves it there for him instead. And then he grabs the bat and goes after her. Yeah. And then she pushes him out of a window. And then she throws the fucking javelin down. What the fuck is that all about? Mouse fucking goes. Well, thanks for the fucking weapon, you stupid bitch. (laughs) And I'm like, what the fuck? Like my husband's so fucking quiet and say shit. The other and that's what he says. And I'm like. That's what I thought. Like, what the fuck is that? Well, the other thing I was thinking when that part happened, though, is like, not only I'm like, oh, she, because I told Christina, I was like, well, there she is, handing her another weapon. Another one, yeah. And then, uh, but the thing I noticed is, is that that really hit the floor. So yeah. when she drops that javelin, it's like, bang, mm-hmm. on the ground. And it could have hurt him. Like, it could have hurt him it bad. It actually hurt him. Yeah. Right. And I was like, I don't know what they were trying to do at that moment. I don't either. Like, like, wouldn't it? It's completely like, it just lost. doesn't make any fucking sense. No. It was so fucking weird. Like, again, this is goes where my disjointed displacement issue is with this movie. There's so many fucking problems 
Maybe they thought it. accidents like that happen way too frequently. Right. And then, like, who who the fuck is going to watch all their friends fucking die and then decide, I'm going to go fuck in this weird random bed that's oh, in this high school? Oh, yeah. That was one of my. Who was going to do that? Yeah. Who? But I'm not getting into, like, if that's no, one of your ahead. favorite no, scenes. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Start no, no, it no. up. No, no, no. If that's one of your favorite scenes, I'll let you get no, into no, no, that. But I, it's not one of my favorite scenes by any means. It's just, okay. to me, that's why I'm, I'll let you talk about it. But I was just like, why would you fucking do that? But then again, this is where I can see they're kind of owed to Friday the 13th. Yeah, what was it, Joe? Was it Joe or Frank? It's Frank. So it's Frank, not her husband. Frank and Stella. Yeah, that's right, because Joe's her husband. Joe's her husband. And she starts hitting on fucking Frank and when Joe's, like, working on the fucking lawnmower. Yeah, and their kid is... Wait, their kid? They have a kid. They're talking about it. Oh, oh yeah. And it's the guy she's cheating on him with, But she cheats, dad. and Frank decides to bang her anyway. Yeah. And oh wait, no, no, no. Is she married? I'm now I'm confused. She's with Joe, the guy that's in the lawnmower. Joe gets eaten, killed by the lawnmower. Yeah. Right, which was cool. Yeah. But anyway. but so that scene where they're fucking in the bed, he's like having sex with her. That was <laughs> one of the hilarious. funniest things in this fucking movie that that had me going that I fucking loved is she's like talk dirty to me, Frank, and he's like uh tits, fuck, screw. <laughs> I died laughing. And I guarantee you the next time Mouse and I have sex, he's going to do that to me. Oh, my God. Because he was losing his fucking mind. (laughs) The entire time that was going on, and I guarantee you it's going to happen. Dude, that shit was so funny. That's probably the funniest line in the whole fucking movie. He's legit going to be like, tits. And I'm like, fuck you. (laughs) God damn it. Talk dirty to me. I know he's Tits. But but he doesn't even say it like like angry. He's just like, he's just like. Tits. Yeah, tits. Uh, oh, yeah. Fuck. Screw. <laughs> uh, it's fucking so stupid, but so fun. I was but, laughing so But hard. anyway, one of the, what happens after that is they he sticks, uh, Marty sticks the electric cords or cables or whatever to the bed. It's a metal bed. Mm-hmm. And then they all die from electrocution. Well, she, she grabs the headboard. Right. And it electrocutes her as she's climaxing. Oh, that's right. That makes sense. And he's fucking her, so because that electric current's been created, it electrocutes him through his dick that's in her vagina. His penal. His penal. And and her vagina. His rod. Her vagine. His rod is inserted into her vagine, and then his rod acts as the conductor. (laughs) No, I'm being scientific. It's just a joke. (laughs) Being scientific. (laughs) Clearly. His rod acts as the conductor and sucks up the fucking electricity coming from her cooter, and then all of a sudden he fucking gets electrocuted too, and then it's like he just falls off of her on the side of the bed, and that's all from Frank. That's it. Yeah. That's fucking it, literally. But you watch her and her fucking jiggly bits get electrocuted for like five solid minutes. While this motherfucker just like bleh, flies off the bed and that's it. <laughs> While so, you're sitting there still watching her supposedly climaxing and her fucking tits waggling around in the air for an extra five minutes and it's gratuitous and annoying. So let me ask you this. What's the other scene that you were going to talk about and then we'll wrap it up? Uh, shit. I didn't really have another favorite. Well, the lawnmower scene, I, I wouldn't say it's like my favorite, but it is one of the more notable scenes, in my For opinion. Sure. Uh, I thought it was interesting because he like tries to hold the lawnmower For up forever. as he's working on it. Yeah. And I forget why he's even working on the goddamn thing. I don't even remember. So that they can get out of town or leave. I, I don't know. I feel like they maybe talked about it, but it was very loose. And because I doesn't one of them care. try to get out in the car and then he like 
kills Ooh, the guy. He gets stabbed or some shit. Stabs yeah. him through the chest or whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. which was kind yeah, of yeah. silly. And then he like smacks into somebody else or something like that. I can't remember. But I think he's trying to fix the. Oh, I think he he's trying to get the lawnmower the to get the power back on. Probably. But that's yeah, what he it stabs was. him in the front seat of the car. Right. That's what it is. And he's trying to drive away and he stabs him to death and then he drives off. And then they see him in the headlights outside of the car somehow. Well, the, the he's underneath the lawnmower working on it. Marty turns on the lawnmower, drops the block out of it so that it's falling on him. He's trying to keep it up. And then he cuts each of his arms so that he can't hold it up because he's, like, hurt, you know? Yeah. And then it falls down and just, like, chops up his scrum diddly ums and legs and shit, and it just squirts blood. He very cuts his arms, by the way. It's not even deep or, like... It's not the best gore scene. Not anything that would actually hinder you from holding up this fucking lawnmower to save your life above your head. It's like someone took a paintbrush and just wiped it on his arm. Yeah, (laughs) it's so bad. Like, out of all the cool gore shit that they did, like, they should have spent, like, at least five more dollars on that shit. (laughs) It kind of felt like it needed it. It was bad. Yeah, it was real bad. They should have spent a little money on the... Less money on the ass well that's your typical like cut scene you know for sure um that scene by the way mark ezra said someone he knew tried to clear out a lawnmower underneath while it was still running lost their hands and he lost his fingers and that's what inspired it apparently which is not how it ends up but (laughs) i don't know maybe that's just what they thought would work loses like ghibli bits or something doesn't it fall on his crotch no i think his dick goes up and slaps him in the mouth does it really no not really (laughs) i was like what the (laughs) fuck I missed that part, and I'm going to go back and watch it. God, I love that part, though. I'm going to go back and watch that shit, because it's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny, because I'm sitting here laughing about that guy getting killed, and uh, I just got to mention this, guys, because I want to get your opinion on it, and it might spawn uh, an entire episode about this subject in particular. Somebody said that I'm a the biggest piece of shit, oh. and I'm a scumbag pig. Because I watch horror movies, and I supposedly, quote-unquote, get off on watching women get tortured and murdered. And objectified. And object... Oh, yeah. Objectified. And that I was a filthy, disgusting pig. And it was not a girl or anything like that. So, like, Brittany, Brittany was like, dude, that girl needs to chill the fuck out. And I was like, it's a guy. And she was like, oh, shit. I thought I was a crazy feminist. She was like, yeah, she was like, oh, well, that guy needs to stop being such a chick. <laughs> yeah, he needs to fucking, like, stick a tampon in his pussy and come the fuck down. <laughs> I was like, damn. Jesus. I was like, damn, yeah. And I was like, you can get away with that. I'm fine with it. I don't give a shit. No, like, while I can see his point, as I've stated when we talked about this a little bit, and we're we're going to go, we're going to have a whole episode about this, right. guys, in the future, but as I can see his point, his... He's completely fucking misguided. He's Plain stupid. And simple, is first what I'm going to say. Like, Absolutely fucking stupid. He's fucking wrong. And I don't know. I mean, everybody has an opinion. I'm not trying to say that you're wrong no. and that you're stupid because I don't agree with you. There's, I, what I'm trying to say is is that there's a way to have a conversation about it. And that's not the fucking way. And that way. was not the way. Like, we were just talking and literally he was just like, wow, I didn't know you were such a scumbag piece of shit. Yeah. And I was like, holy shit, like, is this really happening? Yeah, you're such a misogynist, Alex. <laughs> yeah. I saved the whole conversation, but I was just like blown away and I'm like, dude, the whole reason I've wanted a female uh, co-host is so that we could have different perspectives on this show. Right. Uh, you thinking that only women get killed in horror movies or that when statistics and research well only 80s movies slasher movies i've heard the guys from exploding heads dave z was stating that 
did you know that in slasher movies, more men die than women? Which they do. Yeah, I think he's right on that. In slasher films, but we... I can almost guarantee. I don't think anybody knows, like, the full tally on every horror movie. No, but I feel like if, if anyone would actually take the time in the, to research that shit, and they take horror movies starting from, let's just, let's say 1980 to 2010. I don't know. And you take that kind of a genre, and, or that time span... And you take into consideration... I mean, I can think of a million fucking horror movies right now where I can tell you where there's more men that die than there are women. Yeah. And there's at least 20 to 5. 20 where I can give you specifically where more men die versus 5 where I can give you where more women die. Well, and and, the, and there's, you know, to try to make it close up on this point, because I don't want to get too far into no, it. We'll save yeah. it for our fucking uh, My Friend Thinks I'm a Misogynist episode. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> fucking idiot <laughs> he's not your friend it's like dude like what do i gotta do like just because i watch horror movies really he's not your friend i know he definitely is not and he's fuck him. losing his mind fuck you i buddy. was like really he, and then he blocked me on facebook yeah, so I, I, I couldn't even finish the conversation i'm like really you I'm just a, made your mind up i'm gonna say some super fucking ridiculous shit to you and then block you because i don't give a fuck about your opinion I'm yeah like, okay i've realized how dark you really are oh cool buddy. anyway guys cool. what do you think do horror movies make you a misogynist whether you're female or male because i'm i i've heard that more women pack the theaters at a fucking horror movie than men for years for like for since fucking movies began they've done studies people yeah (laughs) this is a thing (laughs) more women go to watch movies horror movies specifically in theaters than men and a lot of the times the chicks drag their fucking boyfriends to go and see them i don't know like and especially nowadays drag their chicks to go and see them because they think they'll be able to fuck them after we have a lot of female listeners for our our, we fucking do podcast so we really do and i love that a lot of our big biggest fans are female and i fucking think that's awesome Yeah, some of the most interactive like people we have are women right and i always i always got worried about it too because like you know like we have a dark sense of humor oh and the fact that you came on and we can make jokes like this you know makes me feel better because in a way it's like this is how the friends I know, like, this is the interactions I have, and then it's not a different world, it's not me just being a misogynist, mm. like, you know, anyway, long story short, this movie does do some of the 80 tro- 80s sure. tropes, it Absolutely. does have some of the nudity things, like movie. a women movie, you know, like, when they nudity women and shit, but surprisingly, there's male junk in this, so ladies. Yeah, the first fucking initial, like... Ladies and men, sign up. The first initial interaction that you get to any fucking nudity in this movie is a fucking straight-up wiener yeah. in your face, and Flip it's a pretty good around. fucking wiener flippity-flopping around, and it's all wet, <laughs> and it's pretty glorious. It's not terrible. Yeah, that's your first... You get that, and they don't do that anymore. Uh, yeah, they do. Well, they they so, don't do it mostly as much. For like, like dramas it's, it's still and shit. women are more objectified in movies than men are. I but it's I'm getting to the point. I'm offended by the penis in the movie. More dicks. There needs to be more dicks. I have always said <laughs> there needs to be more wieners. I don't see enough. Well, to to end on the on our thoughts about Slaughter High. I think it's a I think it's a decent movie. I think it's probably more of a nostalgic film for a lot of people who used to or maybe grew up with it. Yeah. I don't think it's a bad movie if you're looking to kind of like uh, find some little crazy little slasher. A lot of people like to collect slashers and, you know, like weird ones like New Year's Evil or uh, yeah. or fucking like Graduation Day or, you know, just like all the like because there was a whole slew of them after Friday the 13th that came out. And, you know, if you're if you're into the collecting for that kind of stuff, you're definitely going to want to get this one. 
Is it the greatest? No, it's definitely not. It's kind of like watching uh, Toxic Avenger, yeah, but without the toxic like toxic stuff. It's just acid, pretty much. But and he doesn't go out and try to kill all of his friends for throwing him out a window into a barrel of toxic waste. <laughs> he just tries to have sex with a blind girl. No big deal. <laughs> NBD. <laughs> no big deal. <laughs> so what do you think, Brittany? Close it up. So Close her up. So fucking dumb. <laughs> but I, I don't know. It, it was. I mean, if you had to score it, would you say like a four? Probably. Or less? I'd probably give it a four and a half okay. out of ten. I mean, I'm not going to give it any more than it's, that. It's I, like, I feel like a four and a half is reaching for me. I think that's about right for me, too. But I mean, I, I definitely will watch it. I'll definitely keep it. No, I'd watch it again. Like, I absolutely would watch it again, especially with my husband and his fucking ridiculous goddamn commentary. Yeah. Like, he's, like, I wish everybody could watch movies with him because it's great. If anything, guys... Like if you're gonna if you're gonna watch this movie, it's at least a what not to do when a killer's trying to kill you. Yeah, scenario. it's a perfect guide to that. Yeah, it's a it's don't a really give good him game. weapons. Yeah, don't don't fuck. stop bashing his fucking head in. <laughs> don't go and have sex. Don't go take a fucking bath. Like it's it's it is a perfect like Trope. guide to what not to do. In case you were curious and you ever thought that doing any of that was a great idea, you're sorely fucking mistaken. Yeah, and don't pick on nerds, by the way. Don't ever fucking pick on nerds. They're going to be your fucking legion. boss one day. Yeah, we it's are true legion. what they say. Us fucking nerds will defeat you in the end. <laughs> we are legion. We are better than you. <laughs> But so if you had to pick one over one over the other, I'm gonna go ahead and just Oh, funny man. Yeah, I'd probably say funny man too. Just, just for its creativity at the very least. It's great. It's hilarious. It's not hilarious. It was hilarious. It's an unintentionally hilarious. Oh well, yeah. I don't. Well, I mean, it's they actually, meant to make it intentionally funny, but it's, but it's not, not as the the intentional jokes fall flat when the unintentional jokes rise. Right for a funny movie called Funny Man, it certainly wasn't that funny. It's just creative. And it's still interest, great. It's still interesting. Yeah, I mean, I would give that a solid like six and a half out of ten. Yeah. If you like Bugs Bunny and Freddy Krueger, and you put if them and have sex together, yeah, you they, have Funny Man. They fucked and they birthed Funny Man is exactly what happened. Yeah, it really is. And his cod piece alone is good enough to fucking check it out. <laughs> it's hilarious. Oh yeah, we forgot to mention he pisses in, on stuff. Yeah, that was so funny. Yeah, that was like <laughs> what the fuck. I don't know. I love so much of it. It was great. His makeup is like makeup work for him. His character work is great. Like I don't know, just as an artist, like I. I they did a lot of really cool shit with that movie. What do you guys think? Have you seen both of these movies? Do you love Slaughter High more than we do? Do you hate Funny Man? Do you love Funny Man? Shit, let us know in the comments below on any of our social media or on our website even. We want to know how and why. Yeah. I want to know <laughs> what Please you Please explain think. this to me. <laughs> Who wins in the Joker's Wild versus match of the century? Oh, uh, celebrity death match. So I miss that shit. We were tossing around some ideas as to what we're going to be watching next week. By the way, guys, uh, I have a little quick funny story that I want to tell our friends over at the Horror Movie Night podcast, uh, who are really cool. If you haven't already seen me post and uh, tell you to follow them, you should. Uh, they have a really good listenership, and they've uh, been really supportive of our podcast. Uh, very, very cool individuals. So, you, if you like what we do, you probably might you might like what they do as well. You're gonna like it. In fact, we're almost so much on the same page in some ways uh, that we picked some of the same movies to watch on the same week. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> completely unintentional and it just happens at random it does happen and, and, and you know some people uh, you know it's weird because i've had like some people hit me up and i don't know it's the grave plot podcast always fucks with me so i don't know if they're serious or not but they like you know we watched that already and i'm like and they made a point to point it out to me twice and i'm like i don't know if you're joking or not <laughs> like clearly i didn't do this because of you right <laughs> i can't follow a hundred podcasts but no here's the thing so horror movie night put up an episode on the prince of darkness on monday we had already watched and recorded the episode days before and we were going to be putting it up that thursday i think it was monday or tuesday that i found out anyway so we we, we were like we'd already planned these movies for a long time and then i was like oh shit i wasn't even mad i was just supportive i was like oh shit we did the same one and then um so then I was like telling Brittany just like a few days ago, I was like, hey, we should do like Melty People movies. So we were going to do Body Melt or Street Trash and then do The Incredible Melting Man. Well, come to find out, they just posted their new fucking episode today. And guess what fucking movie they're doing? <laughs> the Incredible Fucking Melting Man. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? And Get Brit- out of our brains. I showed, I showed Brittany. I was like, what the fuck? After I told her what happened, because she didn't know. <laughs> and uh, and then uh, so then I wrote Matthew. I was like, "Hey, I was like, we must be on the same wavelength or something." I was like, "I'm not even mad. I think it's fucking awesome. It's hilarious." But we're definitely not doing Incredible Melting Man, by the way. We're not. But if you guys want to check out their thing on Incredible Melting Man, I highly recommend Do you go it. check it. They're awesome. You'll they'll already have a new episode out, but definitely check it out. Thank you so much for stopping by. We really greatly appreciate you stopping by this week. If you haven't already, check out Monday's episode if you missed it. We do a breakdown of grave plots for this fucking crazy movie <laughs> called, oh God. Impetigo. Impetigo. <laughs> Alex whatever. Right now. <laughs> about a moldy bunch of people that fucking <laughs> spread shit all over the place. And it's also about how we get hate mail from people who actually have impetigo and hate on us for <laughs> misrepresenting the disease. But <laughs> anyway, guys, thanks so much for stopping by. Stay weird, monsters. You've been listening to Beyond the Void Horror Podcast. Tour.